0: The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the Force of Forces with me.
1: We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Well, we have to start somewhere.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the KyberCast. If it's your first time, welcome to the show. And if it's uh, one of your multiple times, thank you again for coming back and listening. Joining me is my co-host, Michael
1: Diaz. Michael, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you, Joe?
0: I'm really good. I'm a little... This episode scares me a bit because there's not a lot going on, but and this one's kind of a goofy odds and ends kind of episode. We've talked about a little bit about what we might talk about this episode, but then we had some news come in today from NBC, or should we say The Peacock, which is going to be their streaming channel's name. That's going to go over great.
1: Well, because everyone now has to have their own streaming, right? Every single channel, every single major entity has to have their own streaming service.
0: Sure, but, I mean, who's going to be the first person to say i gotta go home and watch the cock tonight like come on that's like the naming is terrible
1: <laughs> well I, I mean i get it it's the peacock network that's been their logo for years but i agree no one's well, that's the thing no one says there's no such thing as an appointment television anymore or i should say it's rare the last time we had appointment television which admittedly was not that long ago was game of thrones Mm-hmm. I That may be the last great appointment television series. I can't say that for certain. Maybe something else will come along. But for now, that might be the last hurrah.
0: So not to go down this wormhole, we talked a little bit about it in the last podcast. I really think that the NBC, CBS, and EBCs are really going down the wrong road. They are fighting a, a, a battle of which they don't need to fight they could literally just keep advertising going, use their website you make an app and just let it stream and give me ads and don't charge me a thing they have these shows in the can put all the new stuff on television, use their channels they could put their stuff in it and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show about Discovery um, when I, I did watch the first five episodes so far, but I'm going to talk to why CBS is screwing up uh, with that And I don't mean from the story; I mean from the way they're presenting it to the to the audience. But what's interesting in this announcement of their stream of NBC streaming service is a reboot of Battlestar Galactica with the gentleman who's done uh, uh, Mr. Robot.
1: Which, okay, Mr. Robot, you know, it's gotten many accolades. I'm not going to fault him for that, but this is now a second reboot of Battlestar Galactica. We're only. Well, only. We are 10 years out from the last reboot of Battlestar Galactica, which honestly, for the most part, was perfect up until the end of the series. But do we really need a reboot this soon? It's still pretty fresh on everyone's minds, you know. Plus, I don't know, the last Battlestar Galactica, well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Battlestar? Did you watch it?
0: I didn't, but I have a few things that maybe you can bring me through. But I did see that Sam Esmail, if that's how you say his name, he did tweet that it's not a reboot. It's a different story of that time. So you're not going to get the same characters. You're not going to get a Starbuck. You're not going to get any of those characters.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. See, I did not see that updated bit of news. I only saw this morning. So what you're telling me is new. I'm hearing it live. As we talk about this podcast, now, I, so now I have questions,
0: which and that's all he tweeted. I'm going to look up his tweet right now.
1: Well, so um, here's the deal. Did you watch the original Starbucks or not Starbucks? Did you watch the original Battlestar in the I, I
0: did, I did. It. You know what? I was what makes me um, laugh to myself is I, I liked it as a kid. Um, I, I also ripped on it because I just thought it was a ripoff of Star Wars. Well, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong, but I did enjoy the show. But what gets me is I thought it was longer than one season. I really did. In my head, I thought it was longer than one season.
1: It wasn't. It's it's not exactly one season. And I'm going to agree with you that my memory of it, similar like we talked about last episode with my memory of the Dark Crystal, is better than the actual movie. Going back and watching Battlestar Galactica as an adult... My memory was way better than what I it was when I was a kid. Because Star Wars, way ahead of its time, mm-hmm. um, excellent visual effects, but those cost money. Way more money than a studio like, you know, was it on ABC at the time? No, it must have been NBC or who knows. Whatever channel it was on at the time could not afford a budget of like a Star Wars movie on a on a weekly series, that it just it's not going to happen. So when you yeah, rewatch b- back it back
0: then, you know, no way.
1: Right. right. Nowadays you can do the special effects because there's so much more you can do with CGI because CGI looks very real now and has come down in cost. Doesn't mean it's cheap. It's just cheaper. Right. Now. Right. Rewatching the original Battlestar Galactica, you see the same cut scenes in every single battle over and over and over you're like wait a second this is this is boring because you see the scene. It, it, so so I'm not gonna I'm not I'm just hold that thought
0: because here's here's Sam Esmail's tweet BSG fans which Michael had to tell me what BSG for stood for I it was not in my lexicon anyways BSG fans this will not in all caps be a remake of the amazing series at Ron D Moore launched because Why mess with perfection? Instead, we'll explore a new story within the mythology while staying true to the spirit of Battlestar. So say we all.
1: Oh my God. I, I, okay. On election night 2016, uh, I watched the meters go from 99% Hillary Clinton to uh, Donald Trump. And it just swung from one side to the other quickly. That is my attitude right now. I went from, we don't need this. I was ready to argue and bitch and complain about they shouldn't <laughs> reboot Battlestar Galactic because it's 75 to 85% perfect. And now I want this.
0: <laughs> well, see, here I'm here to make you happy, Michael. I'm here to bring you that knowledge that I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I will watch the new, the, the old series now. But I, I, it seems to me they're trying to fight. This is not a Star Wars killer, and this is not a Disney Plus killer. No. But it could be going after a Star Trek. Like, I want to build their version. It's their version of Star
1: Trek, whatever that means. But you know what? There's plenty of room now because if this was all on broadcast TV and everyone was competing for the same you know, style, same type of users, or not users, viewers... I can see it being more of a battle, but the simple fact of the matter with streaming television is that you can appeal to many niche, uh, many different geek niches and whatnot. And the BSG fans, they're going to show up, but that doesn't mean Star Trek fans won't show up because I am all of the above.
0: But Michael, here's you're, you're making my, my argument for me. I can't spend $50 a month on streaming or more than that. Like there's like how many streaming services are people willing to pay for. I hear what you're saying. Now, if they said, if NBC said, you know, hey, great, we're going to throw this on Hulu. Okay. You know, they have, you know, I'm not actually there. I'm not sure if they're part of Hulu anymore or not, but I can't. Right, No, I don't think they are.
1: No, Comcast but, still owns a portion, but they've ceded controlling interest to Disney. So. Right, to Disney.
0: So that wouldn't work. Right. So obviously it wouldn't work. It's, it's uh, competing. But nevertheless, this is why I think CBS and NBC and ABC need to stop worrying about. Trying to get subscription money every every month when you own the catalog, well, of a lot of their things, you could play it, put it on their app, and just give me the advertising and don't charge me. And I guarantee you, people will watch it.
1: They'll watch it every week. I see where you're coming from, Joe, but one thing I got to throw in here is being a geek, as you are as I am, we both know that there are. Not quite legal means of which to procure the series you want to watch. I'm not endorsing piracy in any way, shape, or form. But let's face it. Those people that are tech savvy are usually the ones that are the sci-fi geeks. I'm not saying every sci-fi geek works in IT or in some kind of technological field. But there are a fair number of them. And they're going to know where to go to find the torrent, to find whatever they need to get the shows. So I no doubt
0: and you're you're actually again increasing my reasoning for them not to do that because I want the people that create these shows, that write, that direct, that film, that cater, that you know, gaffer tape, everything those people do to get what they need and that's the money they de- they deserve to be paid. And stealing shows and stealing that stuff is not great. And if NBC and them were smart you sometimes you got to bet against the wave to to do something different. And the wave is streaming, right? Like Apple's going to give it away for every flipping Apple device you buy and all these things are fighting for it. But there will be a, a, a reckoning um, of people's money. And you know, you're we're already paying for cable itself, we're paying for internet over the top, and then over the top of that we're paying for streaming stuff. Now, we're, most people probably and I would bet Including streaming would have damn near a hundred eighty dollar, about hundred and eighty dollars a month bill, easy for for cable and everything else.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong by any means. I, I like your idea, but we can. We obviously see where this is going. Uh, what I, what I said a few episodes, one, two, whatever episodes ago, is still stands true. Is that all? What these conglomerates are down to like three or four now, and they're all content engines, and they all want everyone to come to them to pay directly. And you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if they've gone through and done a risk analysis and a cost analysis and realize, you know what? People are probably going to steal a fair number of our shows, but they've got the numbers. They've got the algorithm that shows them enough people are going to pay for it that it's worth it to keep it on our platform alone.
0: You're right. Well, let's get back to Battlestar Galactica because that's, you know, people probably don't want to hear a lot of this political talk of networks and things. But so the first season or the 1978 series, I think it was 78, something like that. I liked the show as a a kid. I remember, you know, there's it was I, I think I gravitated more towards Apollo as a character more than Starbuck. I don't remember a lot other than them trying to get home and I don't even remember any particular storylines. So, and I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I never rewatched anything. So I have no idea. Um, but I remember it being a pretty good show and, and I didn't quite, you know, have a you know, I remember Lauren Lauren green and, you know, the guy from a team Dirk Benedict. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Oh, At yeah. Starbucks. But, for uh, Jane Seymour. I, I remember a little bit of the show and Jane Seymour. Right. But, uh, you know, I I think it could have been. It was it was fun for the time they tried to do it, and clearly it didn't work because it lasted one season. And
1: I don't, I don't know why. I th- I would have assumed it was it was watched, but it was probably expensive Way and maybe too expensive. it wasn't watched. That's why, in some alternate reality, because I refuse to believe it exists, in some other dimension. They brought back a show called Galactica nineteen eighty. That was a reimagining of the series where they found Earth. And cut the budgets significantly, and nobody should ever watch it.
0: <laughs> so, I didn't even, I don't even remember that. But,
1: so Joe, that. I'm gonna give you a homework assignment. I know you're watching Discovery, and you're gonna take your time doing that. But when you have the time, and if you need them, I have the Blu rays. But I'm telling you right now, you need to watch. The rebooted Battlestar Galactica.
0: All right, well then you're going to definitely have to let me use the uh, watch the Blu-rays. I'll do that. I for will. Sure. I
1: will lend them to you. And here's why: the original Battlestar was it was what it was, and it was definitely kind of a attempt a cash grab or an attempt to jump onto the zeitgeist after Star Wars. Everyone wanted sci-fi after that. I mean, Battlestar Galactica didn't work. Okay, Glenn A. Larson went off, and then he created. They took Buck Rogers and created a TV show off of that. Let's not go into that. Yep. That lasted more than one season, but I think maybe two seasons. Yep, I liked it. I watched, I watched it too. I liked it. I think it only lasted two, maybe three seasons tops. Now, what is fantastic about the new Battlestar Galactica is that... It, so when did that start? Uh, there was first a miniseries, I believe, in 2003. It was... But okay. it was really a backdoor. It was more than a pilot because it wasn't just a single episode. It was a, it was an extended episode, couple episodes. So it was, they call it the miniseries that started it off. And then they got such buzz that Sci-Fi Network said, yes, we're going to go through with a series. And then they did four full seasons. And now, obviously, if you have the collection, they just fold in that initial miniseries into that first season.
0: Okay, so I, do I need to watch the miniseries first, right?
1: Is yeah, that on you, the Blu-ray, you need to watch it because it sets up the whole show.
0: Is, is that part of the Blu-rays?
1: Yep, they fold that okay. miniseries and they just call it part of season one now. Okay, so um, what, what's so great about that reimagining is that you know things have transpired. You know, it was twenty-five, almost thirty years later since the original Battlestar. It's not just a cash grab. It's just not a jump on the zeitgeist. Instead, they take a guy that knows something about how to make a successful TV show, Ronald D. Moore, who came from the Star Trek universe. He was an executive producer and writer on, on Deep Space Nine, which did you ever watch Deep Space Nine? Nope. Well, just letting you know, it's a little bit darker. Look at Star Trek. Whereas Gene Roddenberry was still around for the original. Obviously he was around for the original Star Trek. He was around for the next generation. For him, Star Trek was the utopia. Everyone moving towards perfection. Deep Space Nine showed us that, you know what? Yes, the Federation's going for perfection, but we're not quite there yet. There's still some rough edges. So Donald, Ronald Moore, sorry, not Donald, Ronald Moore came from that environment where they showed things a little bit darker, but they can only go so dark in Star Trek because Star Trek is not supposed to be dark. But he took that and he expanded upon it, and that's what Battlestar Galactic is. It's a darker take on sci-fi, but it has some fantastic analogies to 9-11, which is kind of timely to mention because, you know, obviously the anniversary was just within the last week. So, not that I want to relive 9-11 at all, but that show coming out so soon, within, what, two years of 9-11, you can't not see the analogies. And it's... It's fantastic. There, are, There's a lot going on in the show. Um, I don't want to ruin anything. I want you to kind of experience it. Now, I mean, you know it's darker. That's about all you know. And I don't want to say much more than that because I want you to fully experience the show and let me know what you think when we get to that point. Right. So, but it's a, it's a, uh, is it more political? It's definitely is political, it, yes.
0: Okay. Is it dystopian or just like... Is it, are they coming from a, uh, a time of destruction or is it just yes. chaos? Is it is it like, you know, is it like episode three Star Wars where you're thrown into a middle of, of something you'd have to kind of learn about? Or is it like episode one where you don't know and it kind of brings you through?
1: It brings you through. When everything okay. starts out, I'm not ruining anything. Everything starts out and okay. shows you the 12 human colonies and everything's kind of hunky dory. And then it's not.
0: And okay. It, well, it's interesting because it came out... What I'm reading here is it came out, in, like you said, 2003, which is right in the middle of Attack of the Clones and and um, Revenge of the Sith. So sci-fi was back technically at the time, or at least star, you know, or, or you know, space stories were back in, in the public's eye at that time.
1: Right, right. And I mean... I mean they didn't bring it back on NBC proper. They, I mean, NBC is part of the whole Universal Group now, part of the Comcast Group. But right. they, they Universal put it off on their smaller sister network, Sci-Fi. So it didn't have a huge budget. Budget now that doesn't mean it looks cheap. Luckily, like I said, even ten years ago now, or almost fifteen years in some case, uh, CGI was way better than it was. You know, back in the sure. 90s. So I'd have to go back and watch it, but I think the show's still going to look pretty good because they filmed it in HD and the a special effects are in HD. It's a good-looking show, and like I said, it's it's dark, and I don't want to – that's it. I'm going to go from there. It's It was, at the time, one of the my fav, favorite things to watch on TV.
0: Got it. Well, I'm I'm interested. I, I'm I'll be interested to see how much firepower they put behind it, what they do with the new writing. I I certainly love Mr. Robot, so I have a very I have a take that this guy could do something really interesting with with the series. Um, maybe bring some new people along, and um, but I don't. Again, I will argue. I'm still not going to pay five, or even if it's two dollars a month. NBC, I'm not going to pay you.
1: You know. But what? Yeah, you gotta prove it to me first. I have to admit. It depends on what their price point is. I am such a fan of Battlestar Galactica that they're reimagining, not the original. I'm such a fan that if they can do a good job, you know, telling another story within that universe, they've got my money. As long as it's not a reboot, like he's saying, if he's tweeting and telling the truth, not that I suspect he'd lie, I'm just saying... If this is really just another story of maybe another Battlestar or some other thing that happened in that same universe, I am one hundred percent in, and I might pay that extra money. Just like, just like CBS All Access, I've resisted paying to watch Discovery, but I love Picard so much that I will slap my money down and I will watch Picard.
0: Right. Right. Okay, well, let's move on to another piece of news that I caught this week. It was beginning, well, pretty much the middle of last week. We just didn't get to it. Ian McDiarmid and Hayden Christensen were in Salt Lake City doing a convention there. They visited a couple of hospitals and things like that, too. But they were going to do a panel at, at a convention in Salt Lake City. And Disney came in and stopped them from talking. Now, obviously, this fuels much speculation. Those two are around. I think... It's Disney, you tip your hand when you become so forceful, but I guess they just didn't want them to be asked the questions. You know, hey, is Hayden coming back? And, you know, he put him on the spot. But I think that definitely fuels the fire that Hayden Christensen is going to be returning as Anakin Skywalker in some way, shape, or form in Rise of Skywalker. Maybe he's the Rise of Skywalker of the whole thing, and it's not Luke. I mean, who knows? But I do... It, And I hope he, I I really hope he is in this movie. I I hope Anakin comes back. It's, it's, it would be great. I think that uh, to me, this is all good news.
1: You know, I think if Disney had just let the panel happen, it may have gotten some buzz and maybe some people would start to speculate that possibly Anakin was coming back, but Maybe not. I mean, maybe maybe it would have started to buzz. Maybe people would have started talking. Maybe people would just think, okay, Hayden Christensen showed up. And really, what else has he been in? Eh, maybe it's a whole bunch of nothing. You know, there would have been doubt at least. But the fact that Disney came in with their ban hammer and said, no, this is not happening. That's full on Streisand effect right there. And it's going to, now people are talking about it. Like we're talking about it right now. Had it happened before and Disney had not shut it down you and I may have mentioned it and spent eh, five minutes on it but now it's all over the internet people are talking about it because once again stray Zand effect do you know what the strays and effect is
0: well I'm gonna say no for our audience but you've clearly said it making fun of making fun of Alan. In, in a post later on <laughs> somewhere else. So, Alan, if you're out there, this is for you. What is the Streisand effect, Michael?
1: Uh, the, the basic gist of it is Barbara Streisand, back in 2003, she uh, she wanted to suppress photographs of her residence in Malibu. But because she did that and because she brought in lawyers and stuff, there was some buzz, and people like, whoa, why doesn't she want us to see what's going on? What's with her residence? And by trying to force people not to take photographs of her residence, it increased the attention paid to her residence and actually had the opposite effect times how much more focus, right? So by trying to suppress this, well, I don't even know if, I'm sorry, suppress is not the right word, By by Disney trying to cancel this, uh, panel, they've now put a laser-like focus on it, and sh- they've shown a massive flashlight onto it, and now people are talking probably way more than they would have had if they had just shut up about it.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, this goes back to the original lesson in the Bible. This is like, here's an apple. You can't have it. Well, I didn't want it until you told me about the apple. So, really, to get back to it, I, I to have those two together in the film... I'm just so curious as to how they're going to bring them back. Is there going to be two sides of Anakin? Are they going to have like, you know, the Darth Vader side with the helmet and everything. And like they do now when Kylo talks is, and then is it going to be Anakin talking to maybe Ray? It just fuels so much cool speculation. I, I really hope Hayden Christensen is in this and I hope he is given more than we think he is because he got kind of a bad, a bad, take on the prequels and I think he got picked on a little too much that he he shouldn't have and that's because of Lucas not because of Hayden Christensen. I think he's actually a good actor and so I hope they give him the time that he the time to kind of bring that character all the way around would be really really cool and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that.
1: A couple of points. My first point is I don't want Hayden Christensen back because I don't want Darth Vader back. So That's my first point. That said, if he has to come back, well, he best not be Vader. And here's why. Because at the end of Jedi, the retouched George Lucas can't leave stuff alone Jedi that we now have on the Blu-rays, the Force ghost we see is of Hayden. Not... Right, no, I remember that,
0: I, and yeah. I, I agree with you. I was just curious as to you know when you look at the Force Awakens and he's talking to his grandfather, and it's it's Vader's helmet, right? Right, oh, he's just talking to helmet. That, but I that could be one of two things, though. If you read the comics, if you read the Darth Vader comics, there's a a Sith legend named Momen that Vader fights in the latest series. You probably haven't read it. Maybe you have. Maybe you have it. Um, but this. Person, this this Jedi kept his essence alive in a helmet of what he was wearing. And when people put this helmet on, he embodies the the person that wears it, and it kind of as oh, a yeah. possession kind that. of yep. thing. Until it comes, that, yep. Okay, okay. So I'm thinking if you look at Return of the Jedi
1: uh-huh.
0: at the end when he's raising Palpatine over his head. And you see a skeleton of his, of his the because of the lightning. Yeah. And he throws you throws Emperor through this thing, and you see all this blue stuff come up, which is just like the poster. This blue flame stuff. What if he entered the helmet of Vader, the essence of the Emperor? And when Kylo is looking at the helmet, he's thinking he's talking to his grandfather, but it's actually the essence of the Emperor.
1: Okay. I Okay, let let me say this first. I don't want the Emperor back either, but apparently he's coming back. That said, if any essence is in that helmet, I would much prefer it to be the Emperor than Vader because Vader had turned over New Leaf, if you will. He had been... Vader had been not absolved, but he... He gave up the darkness in his last moments. And that's why we see him as Anakin when he was still somewhat pure as a force ghost later. Because remember, we've only seen force ghosts of Jedi, of the good guys. So the the implication there then is that, it, that Anakin was now good again. And that's why he showed up at the end of Return of the Jedi. So... I, like I said, I I really don't care to see Palpatine again, but if his essence is in the helmet, if anyone's essence is in the helmet, again, big supposition here. We don't know. We don't write the movies. We don't have any inside scoop. Nope. But. Nope. Just read. I just read a
0: bunch of other canon that draws me to think about, you know, why would you write all that? Like, that seems like interesting to me. Why would you write all these things? Oh, yeah. Leading up to this
1: film. Disney's not doing anything by mistake. Right? Nope. So that said, if there is an essence in that Vader helmet, that I guess I can deal with it being Palpatine because I, I don't want to see Anakin in anything other than a redeemed form at this point because otherwise it undoes everything Luke did in Jedi. That's my point.
0: I agree with you there, 100%. And then on a side note, um, today I watched an episode of The Chef Show and that's with Jon Favreau anybody watches you know i love the movie chef that he made a while back he has a netflix show called the chef show but why i'm bringing it up is that he actually does an episode at skywalker ranch cooking with dave filoni and if you guys know anything about dave filoni and and, and what i think about him he's amazing he is the heir apparent to george lucas and i think everybody should watch this episode because basically you have two guys that are not much different than Michael and I talking about Star Wars in a fun way, like as they grew up, stories that they liked, you know, and Filoni just drops Star Wars knowledge on them. And they talk about the role that Favreau played in Clone Wars because they both met at, at Skywalker Ranch. Uh, Favreau was, I believe, editing Iron Man, sound editing Iron Man, and... Filoni was working on Clone Wars, and they were up there all the time. But uh, go ahead and watch that episode; it's really, really cool. They, what's interesting to me is I didn't know they had such a big farm at Skywalker Ranch. They have cattle, so everything that they cooked in the show came from right outside the window. So it's a really cool episode. But they talk Star Wars all the way through, and and some interesting things, and it's just a,
1: a really fun episode. So, um, if, if you have Netflix, watch the show. Uh, you've definitely piqued my interest there because, I mean, I like geeks talking. I mean, hello. Uh, here we are on the podcast and surprise i also listen to geek podcasts doing exactly what we're doing here so watching a couple geeks sit down and may have a meal together while talking about things that are geeky and star wars related that sounds interesting that's my bag i'm into it
0: plus dave felonia when you hear him talk he talks like this and he's really cool he's interesting guy and um i just think the world of that guy is so creative he understands the lore he 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 can argue not argue he can pull the knowledge right from the the brain of Lucas and why something was created and what's interesting is if you've ever get a chance to watch some of his interviews on YouTube or in other look up old podcasts. look up um, my favorite Star Wars podcast is Rebel Force Radio look them up they they interviewed him a few times and um what's interesting about dave is that he, even he comes around to like he didn't get what lucas was doing like when he brought maul back like lucas is the one that brought maul back in the clone wars it wasn't anybody else asking he's no no you're gonna bring him back and this is how we're gonna do it and why we're gonna do it and he had the plan he had a plan all along which was interesting to me and y- you don't see the big picture until it's all said and done and he, after he's finish the show he's like oh that's what lucas was doing like lucas kind of knew what he wanted to do with clone wars so i just think it's it's an interesting person and it's a, it's a good episode so
1: we're good i will definitely check it out but now speaking about tv shows we're watching um you started watching star trek Discovery. you are not exactly a star trek virgin virgin but you're not no you're not a trekkie
0: no i'm not a trekkie
1: so you're what five episodes into season one of Discovery?
0: I'm five episodes in. So, I, I as I said in my last and our last episode, I promised, I made a promise, I would watch these, and I got to say, so far I'm really enjoying it. I I have a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, who kind of makes fun of the Spore Drive thing um, that's happening, and it's a, for those that haven't seen Discovery. Basically, it's a technology they figure out how to warp into different areas using organic material and spores and things like that. Um, anyways, that's really not the crux of the story. It helps talk a little bit, at least for now. I mean, I'm sure things happen later. Um, it's, it's, I'm I'm liking the show. Yeah, it is. I'm liking the show. I think that the person that's playing Michael from walking dead, she's great. Oh yeah. She's really, she's really good in this show. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to get into some production things first I think the color of the show the way the cinematography is is better than any Star Trek that I've seen television show wise I think it's got some good art direction in there I I'm starting to like some of the characters I don't particularly like the number two guy that's that after the first episode or whatever the I don't know what Sorry. racers. sure. So, no, uh, <laughs>
1: the, the guy played by Doug Jones, the tall alien looking dude. Yeah. I, I just,
0: I just feel like everybody's trying to be C3PO in a different way. And it's just the same thing.
1: Um, You know, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to, all I'm going to say is keep watching. I think you'll come around to him. Keep watching.
0: Okay. Well, I, I think the show's good. Um, I'm surprised more than I thought it would be five shows in. I do, you know. There's some things in there that are a little forest. Okay, we've got a gay couple, which is cool. Uh, we've got um, racial things going on with the the Vulcan and and um, human type culture. That is kind of the crux of the beginning of this show. I mean, because Michael Burnham, which is Senequa Martin Green from uh, Walking Dead, she is a human raised by Vulcans or went through the the Vulcan school and traditions and culture and uh, by Sarek, who is, I, I don't know if I should give anything away. Should I? I, I well, don't maybe Okay. Here's don't the watch thing. It, according,
1: so. according to spoiler rules, you're not spoiling anything because the show first premiered in 2017 and ended well over a year ago. So by spoiler law, you can talk about anything in, a, in season one. That's totally legit. So you can say it. And yes, yeah, Sarek is her father. And anyone that watches Star Trek knows that Sarek is Spock's father,
0: which I which was funny because when he said his name and I thought, well, I thought I know that name from somewhere. So, again, like you said, I'm not a Star Trek noob, but I remember I didn't remember Spock's father's name, but I remember that name. So but then I knew like a little bit when they started getting into the series about like your whole thing with human and then the human woman that is, I think, episode three. No, it might have been episode four where she mind melds and kind of goes back with him when he's trapped and going to die. And that's where you kind of learn a lot of it. Um, but basically, he's the father of Spock. And I like how they bring that in here and how he had to choose and make that. I think that's some really good writing, like some backstory that actually has drawn me into the series because, OK, now it puts me at a really good place in time. Uh, when you know be, before Enterprise, they mentioned Enterprise in there too, somewhere they mentioned the ship, uh, in episode three. Yep, but they, um, I, I liked how they brought a little bit of the beginning. And but if it wasn't for her, the Michael Burnham character, that show would fail, and she's doing a great job. Oh,
1: Sonequa is fantastic as that, as Michael Burnham, and you're right, she carries a lot of the show on her shoulders. Um, now some, especially this first season, she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but as I found the show progresses, some of that weight is a little bit more distributed. I mean, don't get me wrong. She is the focus of the show, which she's the star, so she's going to carry most of the weight. But one of the things I liked about the show is that Mm -hmm. there are times where there's focus on other cast members other characters and it feels more Star Trekky that way because sometimes you want to see what else is going on and all as as you used to call it in the lower decks right so right and I, I did want to um, make note of something you said but yeah I mean it is a bit progressive you we see a gay couple which you're like oh my god there's there's two men and they're in love and they're married or or whatever is I mean... Whatever it is, right. Well, exactly, whatever, but here's the thing. Star Trek has a history of being progressive. Right, right. I mean, on the original bridge, you've got Sulu, you've got Chekhov, you've got um, Uhura, um, Uhura, you know, running communications. It, there's a whole episode based on race where they're with this... They're trying to settle a dispute between this one race of people that they're white on one side of the face and black on the other and there's another guy and he has the opposite blacks on the opposite side and whites on the opposite side, other side and therefore one of those people is more, more warlike or more willing to kill and they're less of a person But to everyone else they look the same so that's from the original series and then of course you had the you know the quote unquote interracial kiss between Uhura and and Captain Kirk so that was the late 60s and that's about as cutting edge as progressive as out there as you could get back then, okay? I mean you're like a few years removed from the Civil Rights Act at that. Point.
0: Yeah, no, and I wasn't saying I was saying that again, they're carrying on the tradition, but I think the show's I think the show is one of the better looking Star Trek shows. Oh yeah. What do you, I mean what do you think about that? I mean, the technology is better now. It's kind of going back to what we talked about with Star Galactica. But I mean, yeah, there's some CGI, but it's it's done really well. Like, the show looks really good.
1: It looks really good, and that is one of the things that kind of drew me into the show is because, I mean, Next Generation came out in 1987. Still didn't have a lot of CGI. You had a lot of sets, a lot of cheaply built sets. Some yep. not so cheap. But, you know, if you buy the Blu-rays, they've obviously gone through and redone the special effects, and it looks so much better now. It's still 1987. This show, even though I'm going to get all trucky on you, even though it's in the quote-unquote prime universe and not the Kelvin verse, which I don't know if you know what that means. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Okay, this show is seems much more visually and thematically a sequel to the JJ Abrams rebooted Star Trek.
0: I was going to say there's there's a lot of. You're correct. I think there's a lot of visual cues, there's lens flares, there's kind of lighting is very similar to what JJ, I think you're 100% right there. There's, there's, There's much similar, at least in cinematography and art direction.
1: Yes. Now, just to explain, I'm sure many geeks out there know this already, but what I mean by the Prime Universe, the Prime Universe is, this takes place in the same universe as the original series, as the Next Generation, as Deep Space Nine, as... Um, Star Trek Voyager, and then coming Star Trek Picard. That's what's called the Prime Universe. The Kelvin Verse is the JJ Abrams universe. That oh, okay. when Spock went back in time, and also the Romulans went back in time, and the Romulans attacked the USS Kelvin. Right, where Kirk's father was uh, father right was on ship. Exactly, he died. I'm not spoiling anything. This movie came out ten years ago. Um, right, he died. And the destruction of the Kelvin—that's why they call it the Kelvin universe because it's gotcha. not a reboot. When that time travel happened, it caused a split in the time stream. So now both things are still real. So that's why I call it. So
0: right. Just explain. It I do want to. Wanna, you. I, I, I do want to get into. I like Jason Isaacs character as you know Captain Larka. Um, he's really interesting character. You know he's you know he's messed up and you know he's. he does good things and i like the way they play him like you know typically he always plays a bad guy i mean so you already think he's going to be bad into the show and maybe he does get bad later but at least in episode five i know he's not perfect but he's he's not quite 100 percent evil or anything he's just uh somebody who has problems
1: and again i want to say this kind of touches back into the the abrams movies because you know They he says they brought him in to be a war captain in a time of war. And that's why he's not your typical um, Picard or Kirk, who is we got to uphold the prime directive at all costs. We always have to do good. And he's more like it's war. It's going to get dirty. And that's why you brought me here. Right. Right. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that darker aspect to him. And that's why I kind of like the show, too, because even though the Federation has been around for a while at this point. It's still fairly young. I mean, I think we're talking within a hundred years of its formation, give or take. So, which seems like a long time, but when you think about it, you know, the U.S. in eighteen seventy-six was not the country that it is today, a hundred and almost fifty years later. So, think of the federation like that. They still weren't the they were they were striving for a utopian society, but they still weren't there yet. And you can see that more in Discovery. They're not where they're going to be 85 years in the future when next generation, when pretty much by next generation, it has been a long period of time without war, and truly they're about just exploring again. Obviously, conflicts come later when you come in with Deep Space Nine and whatnot, but what I'm saying is it's a much darker period within the Federation to begin with, so the stories are going to be darker. And I think there's a good
0: one so far. I mean, it's keeping my interest. It's the characters. I'm starting to gravitate towards a few. Uh, Which ones? I I I like the well. I you know what's funny is I like the idea of bringing Klingons back as the the bad guy because that brings people like me. and like, well, of course they're bad. You know, otherwise, not getting into next generation stuff. I understand that, but I'm just saying as a basics, you know, the basic Star Trek Klingons bad. They're they're the you know. So it's nice to have that. Um, It's a shorthand. It's shorthand, a pure enemy, right? There's an enemy that makes, so it's easy to get back to and sets the stage for, you know, what happens, you know, during the Kirk years, I would be interested to find out, like, do I, do we, since Spock is going to be, I haven't encountered him yet, but I know he's going to be like goth Spock or whatever. (laughs) Um, because they showed him in the previews. Like I, it's not like new, like I know what he's kind of going to look like. Um, so I'm not sure how old he is in this is he, if he's like let's say he's 19 for all intense purposes I'm not sure how Vulcans by the time he gets to Star Trek is he 30 like I don't know where is he 30 is he 40 like what is he in
1: okay I'm not that far, much, how, I'm not that much of a Trekkie that I know his age no I'm not I'm just guessing I'm no, no, asking no, 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 uh, no. I'm that's fine but we do know so this time period this show takes place about 10 years before 10 years. the original okay. series
0: Okay, that's what I was looking and for.
1: And he is already the science officer on the Enterprise at this point.
0: Oh, okay. Well, thanks for spoiling that for me. Um, I didn't see that yet. <laughs> you jackass. You know what's funny, too, though, is um, what did bring me out was the use of the F word. It just didn't feel Star Trek to me.
1: I agree. And I think they did it just because they, they could.
0: Because CBS never could before.
1: Right. And... I don't know i I didn't love it either. I mean, it was a bit shocking to hear it in Star Trek, and I'm no prude. Nor are you. No,
0: no, no, no. I cuss all the time. I, I have to stop myself for this show. I Even mean, though we, I, you know, we're marked as mature for for things, but I don't. I mean, I don't want to yeah. just cuss to cuss. I exactly. Do that I try to
1: catch myself, but I know I let a couple little f bombs slip by on this podcast. That said, I'm no prude, and I know they swore back in Star Trek four the voyage home but again it was done for comedic effect and it was funny when you had you know spock saying stuff like well double dumbass on you You right it was funny because he was swearing so badly it was hilarious so but this this was just swearing i mean the way they used it it kind of worked when you know uh you had the cadet there say oh that's so fucking cool and then sorry and then you know engineer stamets is like well no it is it is fucking cool i get that okay i've done stuff like that in a work environment where it slips out and someone's like Yo, that is fucking cool that said i don't know it just just like you it kind of took me out of it
0: yeah i thought it was a bad decision i i get what they did it but it's like there's no reason for it in that show and um I think it's going to be good. I'll probably, once I edit this podcast, actually, I'll actually probably watch, try to watch a couple episodes tonight because I want to get through it because there's like 15 in season one. That's a lot. Um, I'm used to the Netflix 10, you know, so I guess if you are paying for CBS, um, you are at least getting uh, many episodes for this, for the series. And uh, so I am interested to keep my interest. It's looking good. And what it will do is it really makes me want to really watch Picard, like you said. I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Uh, Again, as you've heard in other episodes of the Kybercast, you know, it's really about the actor for me. (laughs) And um, so... I'm looking forward to Picard
1: I agree with you Uh, they've done in my opinion such a good job on Voyager and I'm the guy that, or not Voyager I screwed it up again
0: you've done it twice yes
1: Discovery they've done such a good job on Discovery that I wanted to hate the show I really didn't want to like it at all and now here I am and I love it so that's Kind of increased my now anticipation for. Picard. But you
0: liked his other shows, right? So like, uh, Brian Fuller is the person who started
1: this, right? I love Brian Fuller. Yes, he he's cre- a showrunner, or is he the writer? He what created is he? it, but he got booted before they actually got too far into it. So he was supposed to be the showrunner. So he gets of this, of of Discovery. Yeah, he gets he gets created by cred, but he got booted. So oh, really? Okay, so who's running? Who's the showrunner? I think I think uh, by season two. If not, I'd have to wiki it, but I want to say it's Kurtzman.
0: Created by Brian Alex Kurtz, Kurtzman? Uh-huh. That's who's doing it now?
1: Well, I, actually, there are new, right. I believe if I read correctly, there are new showrunners for season three, which obviously hasn't come out yet. Right. But, yeah, Brian Fuller unfortunately got the boot. You know. Well, it,
0: one, are, one, are, one other thing, too, as a graphic designer and as a design geek in a way i really love how they did the opening credits to me it was really cool i just like the way they do it it's nice the sound the music is cool how they get into how it finishes with the kind of the star trek anthem
1: yes it's Um, a nice because it has uh, you're right the music it fits i love the animations at the beginning and then yes there's a little flare of an homage to the original star trek anthem it all works very well
0: I think it's good. It's worth watching. I think other people that are maybe more my boat should give it a shot. I think it's worth talking about. And I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that and discussing the rest of it with you.
1: So am I. And I'm looking. if I'm looking here at our episode notes, Joe, we have gone so long, we didn't even cover the thing we were going to cover this episode.
0: I know. That's what I thought was going to happen
1: <laughs> at the beginning. When we talked
0: about it, I thought that's what was going to happen. So we'll save what we did. We won't even talk about what we wrote down because we'll we'll save that for when things are really dire. Uh, but they keep throwing news at us and we had a really good week. You know, we had the Battlestar Galactica, you know, news that came out today, which is fortuitous for us, and some Star Wars and Star Trek news. So it's it's been a full episode and I, I sometimes I can't believe we can we can fill the time, but we, we somehow find the time. With that being said, I'm gonna plug us again at the GR Comic Con November eighth through tenth um michael i've ordered the backdrop stuff so we're getting closer mm-hmm. to being ready gotta get some t-shirts next just, uh for the just show a point so. order
1: there for anyone that might stop by i just want to reiterate joe i don't want to speak for you but i i will i think we're both going to be there saturday friday we're just gonna this is about set up but we're not going to be there fully all day for or are we what's the what's, the, what's the i story? will be okay yeah never yeah. mind listeners joe is going to be there friday night i will do my best to get there before they close on friday so that way i can at least stop in see where everything is if anyone stops by to say hi i'll definitely say hi to you but i probably won't be there till about 5 30 or so and i think the con goes till seven on seven yeah but saturday double geek in effect we're both going to be there i think all day are we not
0: i'll be there all day saturday and sunday as well saturday there's some late stuff going on as well so i'm going to kind of really push that and just kind of help us see what happens
1: I plan on being there know. all full time Saturday and Sunday as well. So, if anyone plans on coming out to see us, best times to find us are obviously Saturday and Sunday. Friday, both of us will only be there for an hour, but Joe will be there all the whole day.
0: And we'll have more news as we go. We're hopefully going to try and line up some interviews if possible. Yep, I won't say who, what, where, or when. We're just we're trying to get some things in order that happened maybe before. Uh, comic-con maybe there we'll see we'll have equipment there maybe we'll talk a little bit and just interview people coming by and having fun um we'll figure something out this is this, this is kind of a first take for us as uh as a podcast um so yeah check us out at gr comic-con november 8th through 10th uh subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, google spotify Pocket Cast, or anywhere you know one thing We don't ask for money. We don't have advertisers. We don't, we're not trying to do this to get rich because hell, we're not even close to good enough to even get paid. But if you enjoy the show, just if you want to help share it, share it anywhere you listen to it on any kind of social media, Michael, where can they share our stuff?
1: Well, you can find us. If you do a quick search on Facebook, look for Kybercast. We have a page where we update with new episodes, with interesting stories that we want to throw up. Um, And of course, if you leave us a review on Facebook, that helps get the word out there as well. So if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on Facebook. But most importantly, if you want to leave us a review, there's a pretty good chance you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts. And I say that because we already know Apple Podcasts probably filters through 50% of almost all podcast traffic, I think has something like that. Pretty close Mm -hmm. to it, right? Yep. So... If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there's a spot to review there as well. If you leave a review, give a rating. I don't care if you give us one star, two star. Hopefully you gave us a five star rating. But if not, I don't care. Just review us because it gets it it out there. We get more listeners and then we grow. And once again, we don't have any advertisers. We're doing this strictly because we're geeks and we love it. So Facebook, if you can, find us there. Leave a review. Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you don't want to find us there. You can find us on Twitter. We're at KyberCast, so Twitter, at KyberCast. We have post shows there. We post links there. Comment, tweet, retweet. We don't care. Interact with us. Last but not least, you can find us on Instagram. Comment there as well. We also put links for our episodes. Uh, we throw up little pictures. We sometimes... Joe's kind of more in charge of that that spot. He throws up the pictures and he makes them look nice. I just ramble until I can't breathe anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But there are many places to find us. We also have an email address. We're kybercast at gmail.com. So if you want to leave us a Facebook comment, if you want to tweet at us, if you want to leave a comment on Instagram, if you want to email us, if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, or on Podbean, or Stitcher, any place you can leave a comment, suggestion, let us know. We would love to hear your input and we will respond. Because that's what we do. We're geeks.
0: Cool. Thanks, Michael. Thank you all for listening again and hopefully we catch you in the next episode. Michael, have a great night. You do the same, Joe. What a piece of junk.